When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, RingCentral makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at RingCentral.com. RingCentral. Simpler communications. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and we are a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? L.J., I am doing good. Uh, You know, had a long day today, but nothing like being able to sit down and talk some baseball as the MLB just seems to keep giving us storylines to talk about LJ. And I really thought that once we got to this point of the season, we would be uh, lacking of topics to talk about on a day-to-day basis, but uh, we absolutely have not gotten anywhere close to that. No, honestly, you know, we started compiling back in April or May and we really haven't touched in a while in terms of adding to it a list of topics to discuss when we have absolutely nothing else to talk about and we're bored and yeah I mean we haven't touched it at all yet I mean to my knowledge I think we might have taken one maybe two things off of it the entire year so overall this has been a surprising positive note here of course now that we're not going through every single game of the day we'll be able to get into some of those more fun conversations perhaps but again, we just take it, we'll take it one day at a time and see where things are going. But something pretty exciting is going on over in Los Angeles right now as Mookie Betts is having a field day with the Houston Astros. The Dodgers are currently leading the Astros 7-1 to one in the bottom of the third. Surprise, surprise, Jake Odorizzi did get the start here. But the story, of course, comes Mookie Betts the Dodgers leadoff hitter goes and has a solo piece to start the first inning and then comes back up in the second inning after four runs get put on the board and hits another solo bomb. Again, he has two home runs in his first two at bats in this game. So we will be monitoring the rest of this game as we do the episode to figure um, out what happens and react. Yes. He's currently on deck. Max Scherzer is hitting with a 3-1 count and two outs. So should Scherzer walk or get on base here, Betts will be due up again. And, uh, okay, it's three and two, two outs now. So Might as well yeah. stall for time to see if he gets up. Um, yeah, we got a pretty exciting show coming up here. Of course, we've got a couple of fun stories. One that's not too fun, as well as our big piece pick. And this show, okay, so we got time. Um, big piece to end this show. The 2022 MLB schedules have been released. So we'll go through some of those, get, give you our thoughts on it, how it was produced, certain matchups that we are looking forward to. 
But let's start and get the bad news out of the way. That comes from uh, the Boston Red Sox family, uh, particularly Jerry Remy, the color commentator for Nesson, has announced that he is stepping away uh, in order to focus on his treatments for his lung cancer that has now gotten serious. So, of course, they will be missing him in the interim. I have his statement here. Dear Red Sox Nation, I'd like to share that I'll be stepping away from Ness and broadcast for the time being to undergo lung cancer treatment. As I've done before and will continue to do, I will battle this with everything I have. I am so grateful for the support from Nesson, the Red Sox, and all of you. I hope that I'll be rejoining you in your living room soon. Lastly, I'd like to thank my medical team for all they have done throughout the process, the treatment process. Yours truly, Jerry. Of course, this is this is this is sad for anyone who really has ever gotten to watch a Red Sox broadcast for any extended period of time because. This guy has been largely the face of Red Sox broadcasts since he came into the booth. I want to say that was in the 90s. Um, You know, it's not often that a guy in the color commentating role, not the main play-by-play guy, it's not often where he ends up being the face of the broadcast or for the organization. But in Jerry Ramey's case, he most certainly has it's almost jarring how different it feels when he isn't on the broadcast. Like the chemistry just with everybody is not the same. Something feels missing every time he's there. Hopefully, of course, this all goes well and he's back out there, but prayers up for him. Yeah, certainly wishing the best for Jerry Remy. Uh, Of course, as a Yankees fan, I am not tuned into the Red Sox broadcasts very often but uh from everything i've seen i you know i love to watch old highlights of games and i mean he is quite the electric color commentator he really tells it how it is uh he makes he makes fans from new york hate the red Sox. he's absolutely doing his job the, the right way and uh you know, hopefully he can he can get well soon because I'm sure that it's going to be a big absence without him in the booth uh, for the rest of the year. Absolutely. Again, it's just, I mean, I can't imagine what he's going through, but um, of course, everybody's behind him because we've known how much he's fought in the past with cancer and overall how much it feels, how lonely it feels to not have him there. But... Anyway, I believe it's time to move on to something a little more lighthearted, and that is this new story about Yankees reliever Stephen Riding. Um, I had Ridings. no clue. Ridings? Ridings? Ridings. Ridings. Um, yeah, of course. So this guy made his day MLB debut last night, a relief appearance, one inning for the New York Yankees. And then come to find out, This is a pretty big story for more than just his family, more than just his friends, but many school children in the state of Florida. As it turns out, Stephen Ridings has been a substitute chemistry teacher for the past few years. Um, I'm not sure exactly what region, but a couple reactions to that went viral last night from kids being shocked to see their chemistry substitute hit 100 miles an hour. I mean, LJ, I came on the podcast and I was saying, who the hell is Steven Ridings? Why is this guy pitching for the New York Yankees? I mean, come to find out, this guy is absolutely nasty. 100 miles an hour, struck out all three batters. I mean, this guy. The only thing that that slows him down is proper lab safety precautions and the Yankees 40-man roster now question because he's a chemistry teacher do you think that he has concocted some something that uh is similar to like a spider tack or something like that um I don't know well eh, no because I feel like if he's been able to chemistry use chemistry to concoct something that would be worthwhile right now 
with all of the checks that could pass checks. I feel like Spider Tack would have already called him. Spider Tack would already have it, and the amazing Spider Tack wouldn't have gotten lit up like he did the other night. So overall, I'd have to guess no. I think this guy's just all skill. The amazing Spider Tack, Garrett Cole. The amazing Spider Tack, guys. I still can't believe it. We're only four months away from his new movie, Spider Tack No Way Home. You act like <laughs> I know that you just love to hate on hate on Garrett Cole, but <laughs> when you talk about guys who have had a significant drop off, I mean, you guys are acting like he wasn't pitching like this at the start of the year. Like he was <laughs> pitching good. And he was pit- he would throw in like a bunch of really dominant starts, but I don't think we won very many games that he started at the start of the year. So it's not like, yeah, he was pitching good, but if you're not winning, it doesn't matter at the end of the day. So it's like th- there's been a lot more teams that have actually been affected by this, this rule more than the Yankees, as we've been winning more now since the rule came into effect. So look, look, I, Honestly, that's that's more of my motivation to do this. I mean, during the stretches where you looked some, like somebody just ran over your puppy, I kind of felt bad making fun of Garrett Cole. But if you guys are having even any slight iota of success, I cannot let this go. I mean, it's the perfect it's the perfect storm. I get to make fun of Garrett Cole. He certainly deserves it. There's no doubt he deserves it because of just how everything was handled. The optics of that month entirely was so bad. And then you add in the fact that I get to keep making Spider-Man references and Spider-Man puns. I mean, there's, there's no better option for me. <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. But LJ, prior to us moving on, we should talk about your Boston Red Sox as they broke their longest losing streak of the year tonight by picking up a four to one win over the Tigers. Uh, were you able to watch any of the game? Any sort of reaction to this? Um, I'm still in Olympic mode, but I did get to catch numerous highlights. I got to see Jaron Duran around the bases. Uh, Kike had a nice blast. Juan Dave or Julio David, she's Juan David. Where the hell did that come from? Julio David got a nice oppo. I believe it was oppo bash. So overall, solid win. Can't complain. Just gotta eventually just I, I'm still trying to figure out when we're giving up on Garrett Richards but well you guys really tagged up uh, Casey Mize tonight that's who you were that's who you were facing in Eduardo Rodriguez five innings two hits no earned 10 strikeouts uh he's got a 5.33 ERA but it's eight and six on the year so the offense has certainly been helping him out here yeah um well, for starters, I will, I can't completely defend him because he has had some stretches here this year where he's looked lost, but the majority of that 5-3-3 comes from him having a seven-something ERA in the month of May. He just, he forgot how to pitch for about 30 days, and then it was a slow process to get him back to that spot. However, I will also note um, I don't know the splits off the top of my head. It certainly hasn't been enough innings for them to be true, but he shaved his beard and got a haircut at the all-star game. And I don't know if it's the haircut, maybe it's haircut Eddie that has been making the magic, but ever since the all-star break, he has looked strong on most occasions. You know, maybe Maybe that's what it is. I know a lot of players are very superstitious, so that absolutely could be uh, what it is. But uh, he, he, might, he might only be a little stitious, seeing it was his daughter that hated the beard, reportedly. <laughs> yeah. No, absolutely. But uh, LJ, this this next uh, little segment we have here is a uh, it's a fun one. Yeah. So of course we. Um got to thinking about the whole uh, Stephen Ridings thing, him being a substitute chemistry teacher, that provoked the question, what other MLB players would make good teachers in the high school, elementary school? I mean, maybe if Brennan's thought of somebody for the college level, uh, what 
what players would make good teachers? What would their roles be? How would they act in the classroom? Brandon, do you want to kick us off with one? Yeah, sure. So I believe uh, it was you who came up with this one. You texted it to me earlier. And you said Trevor Bauer. And uh, I believe the exact wording you used was Trevor Bauer teaches tech, more specifically, how to not hack your hand apart with a drone. Now, you know, I think it's funny because Trevor Bauer did hack his hand apart with a drone prior to a playoff start. And now, like, he can even fit the the narrative of the creepy teacher, like the one who's all, only talking to the girls and is only involved with them. So One that's uh, one after school, the one that's one after school activity away from being put on the sex offender registry. <laughs> yeah. Yep. That's him. Um, yeah, honestly, yeah, it fits the bill, you know. And again, you can even, honestly, we talk about <laughs> one after school activity, but like this guy, I mean, he runs a very successful YouTube channel. This could be the guy that does like the school news channel and everything, like all those after school clubs, those uh, electives like that, where you have a recorded news channel. He could be handling that. There's a lot that Trevor Bauer could offer to a school as long as there were no rendezvous with any teachers that didn't know what they were getting into. Now, LJ, I have a question because Trevor Bauer has not uploaded any videos on his YouTube channel since this entire case broke. Uh, over under a half Trevor Bauer videos uploaded by January 1st. Ooh. By January 1st? Yeah. Give me the over. You you really think he'll have uploaded a video addressing everything by, by then? I'm not sure it'll be addressing everything. However, <laughs> I have to think overall, MLB has done a pretty good job with keeping the investigation tight under wraps, letting it all play out before they've made a decision. Which could However, be a bad thing for him. Yes. But overall, I'd like, I like the fact that they have kept his dignity in check without get, allowing all of these reports to leak, without jumping to any rash decision here. So overall, I respect that. However, I would have to think that their investigation, especially seeing in most professional settings, you need these investigations done a lot quicker than the MLB has done theirs. So this investigation has to be done by November. It has to be done by the start of like the off season, I would think. So if that's the case, if they punish him, if they don't punish him, he's going to either have something to talk about with that, or he'll just move on with his channel and his life and th do um, some winter training videos. Yeah, no, I think that, I think that is a good point. And this is something we have to be on the lookout for not only that case but the Marcelo Zuna case as well uh that's that investigation is still going on if I believe so uh two big name stars who signed big contracts this offseason uh yeah but um, okay yeah. next up we've got a couple more I'm gonna group I'm gonna group the next two together and that's Shohei Otani and Vladdy Guerrero Jr as the Japanese and Spanish teachers of the high school. This is the one job that they would not need a translator for. How do you, how do you like the fit, Brandon? Well, you think Shohei'd be a good teacher? Yeah, you know, I certainly don't think Shohei Otani would need a translator, uh, unlike what Stephen A. Smith has to say. Uh, I, I don't think he needs one. So him as the Japanese teacher would be would be funny because it just seems like the guy always has a smile on his face. I mean, he'll also the most charismatic guy in baseball. Yeah, and not only is he charismatic, but he'll he'll also you know show off that he can hit the ball four hundred fifty feet and throw it a hundred miles an hour. Uh, just you know within five minutes. What if this was an actual like school? But it was also like a baseball school. So like every single class was done on a field. 
And so every now and then he'd just randomly start taking DP in the middle of a test or something. And they're just like off on the side. I would like that. I would like that a lot. That would, I would attend. Right after, right after math class, at the very end of the math class period, you have to go and uh, do infielding drills right in the last 10 minutes of the 40 minute period. Um, That would be an interesting idea. Vladdy Jr. is the one who actually intrigues me most. Because, I mean, you, you think about Vladdy, you, every, everything you see of him, he would 100% be the fun teacher. Like, he's that, he's that 23, 24-year-old that just got out of college, and he's a high school teacher, upper high school teacher, so he doesn't have a ton of responsibility. He doesn't have to necessarily um, teach, or not teach, but, like, mentor a lot of kids in terms of getting them to grow up so he can kind of just sit back be the chill teacher and just have a laugh with them act in more of a friend manner like he connects he probably connect more with the kids than he would with his fellow faculty and spend more time making fun of his fellow faculty than mm-hmm. anybody else yeah especially and you know that he would show up to work every day because every day. we know that <laughs> He had played 161 straight games and then his teammates tied him to the bench because his his manager gave him a day off and he he wanted to play that bad. So look, it's it's really funny. Uh I think he's one of the just funniest guys just to watch in the league. I mean, I don't know if you noticed, but they imitate like every single reliever that comes in, him and Marcus Simeon. Julius Chachin, I think it was him. I, I believe he's on the Blue Jays now, if I if I saw that correct. Somebody, oh, I forget who exactly it was, but he like does a little hop on the mound prior to like stepping on. And him and S- Simeon got it perfectly down, like, in sync and I just think that Vladdy would just I don't know interactions with 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 students would be really interesting now do you either you'd have to bring him in as a specialist for like a unit or maybe if this is a big school with a lot of electives hear me out Juan Soto as the dance instructor teach some kids the Soto shuffle Ooh, I like that um, past Stephen that, Ridings as the chemistry teacher, of course. Oh, of course, of course, yeah. We probably should. <laughs> we probably should have started with that because I'm not sure who else, other than maybe Spider Tech, has a big chemistry background. But um, anyway, moving on from there, next one. I don't mean need many words to sum this up. Bartolo Colon, PE teacher. Enough said. That would be. Pretty fitting, actually. It fits the mold. It does fit the mold. And he would be very excited about his job and have a fun time sitting there for period after period, just watching the kids play gym. He also, and then also to partner off of that as a second gym teacher here, you gotta, I feel like you gotta put, I feel like Acuna would be the one to have the most fun with it because there's always that like he would try hard he would try yeah, to yeah. everybody <laughs> he's gonna be he's gonna be that that gym teacher that regularly plays with the students but also has to make sure that they understand that he's the most athletic person in the room and he he intentionally stacks his team so that <laughs> way he can win like he he makes it so fair or so unfair if we want to add another PE teacher, Joey Gallo could probably make, or Hunter Renfro, make a pretty good all-time quarterback in gym class football. Ooh, okay, yeah. I mean, I was thinking more of, uh, is there, or was, was there, who was, who else got drafted? Uh, Kyler Murray, I mean, if he was playing baseball, he, mm. he could be the all-time uh, quarterback in gym class. Just cooks everybody. Talk about a bad draft pick. The A's drafted him with the eighth overall pick in that year's draft. Like, you knew that it, the guy was going to pick 
the number one draft pick in football over the number eight draft pick in baseball. I mean, that's just like a dumb move. I'm gonna defend. I'm gonna defend them taking it because to take him is the wise choice. What wasn't the wise choice was to agree to let him go back to college for the year. <laughs> what is up with that? Because that that's the thing that really bugged me was the fact that they're like, okay, yeah, so um, we'll pick you here. Like, you're our guy. We'll sign you next year, but you go ahead and play football for Oklahoma next year. For starters, if he got hurt, you're screwed. You just lost your number eight pick. So that was a huge risk unto itself. Two, you don't get him into the minor league system right away, so you're already wasting years off of his prime. And lastly, granted, you you had no idea. I don't think even Kyler Murray knew that he would be the number one pick. Certainly, we didn't think he'd be a first rounder Ooh. with one year, one year at Oklahoma. I don't think I don't think anyone in the nation really saw him replacing Baker Mayfield. Mayfield. Uh, so okay, they, so they 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 might not have saw him replacing Baker Mayfield, but Kyler Murray was one of the best high school football players ever. It was one of the highest regarded quarterbacks ever. I guess my thing is like, wh- why allow him to return? Like, if you're going to, Fair. I, I feel like, Fair. You, I feel like you, if you're going to take him, you should be making the understanding that you're leaving right now to play baseball because nothing was going to keep him away from football. He was, again, one of the most well known football prospects of the time he was drafted. He was one of the best high school football players ever. So if he got that opportunity, you knew he was probably going to take it. It didn't matter that you got special permission to go over the budget to give him an extra signing bonus that would be competitive to what the um, Cardinals gave him. It, it, that doesn't matter. He's going to pick football. So granted, he, he has talked in the past about potentially playing both. But it's just again, it's a waste of time now. It's a, it was a waste of pick. Yeah. Absolutely. Actually, did they get that back? Well, yeah, like like you get a comp pick. But... No, no, no. I, I didn't know if they got comp pick or not because it was that whole wait a year to sign them thing. Oh yeah, actually, I'm not sure, but I know that with the Kumar Rocker situation, that is just. I was doing a little bit more research into it, and basically. The teams have all the leverage in this situation, and it's terrible because Kumar Rocker did do an MRI, just not the one that like is for the MLB draft. He did an MRI prior to the draft, and it came back clean. However, the Mets saw that they that he didn't, uh, you know, do anything, or he he didn't send the MRI prior to the draft, then they pick him. They didn't even offer him a contract. Like they never even reached out to him and started talking because they knew that if you, if they didn't offer him anything that they just get a comp pick. So they didn't even like offer him anything. So did they, did they ever do their own MRI? Uh, I don't think so. Right. I haven't heard anything to confirm nor deny that but logic would tell me they had to have. Okay, but so they could have, but they still didn't offer him any sort of deal. Yeah, again, that's stupid. Like, to to not offer him anything is just baloney because... No, because it all has to deal with the slot value and then they would have had to give him a certain amount of money. Even if he had Tommy John surgery right now, I am positive that he would turn out fine because you want to know who had Tommy John right when he came out of the same college. His name is Walker Bueller, LJ. You ever heard of him before? I'm also going to bring this up. If we want to talk about postseason success and precedent for Tommy John, we have had, if I'm correct, either Tommy John or other similar arm surgeries done on significant contributors to the last three World Series teams. Yeah, right. And of because course, Walker Bueller, Walker Bueller is a great example. Um, Steven Strasburg's had everything under the sun done, 
and he was probably the best pitcher in that entire postseason. And then Nathan Uvalde's had like five of them. Uvalde's had two, and then even if you go to the year prior to that, Verlander, or no, he wasn't on the – yeah, he was he on the Astros in 2017? Yep. Yeah. He's had his Tommy John, or he just had a Tommy John. Uh, 2016. No, isn't that what he's out for now? Well, Early? yes. So, I mean – Still, I, good I, feel like, I feel like we could probably find somebody on that team that are, already had it and fit, played very well. Right, so, but I think the point is that all the good pitchers at some point, it just seems like that you are that you can still be extremely successful and, and get it. You know, it's not like the 90s anymore where it's a risk. I mean, Tommy John just seems like you can come back and be very good, and we're going to have to see how – someone like Justin Verlander and Chris Sale pitch here. Yeah, again, that's a good point there. Chris Sale, Justin Verlander, both very good pitchers. It happens to every – can happen to anybody. And then people are – just about everybody that comes back from it, unless you're – again, you haven't really seen many super old players like a Verlander come back from it and be like just like them, their old selves are stronger – However, most health, young, healthy players end up seem to end up coming back from it just fine. So, Brandon, I'm glad that you've finally gotten all the way back with me on this Kumar Rocker situation. Uh, I believe you have two names here on our, on our teachers list coming up next. Yeah, Freddie Freeman and Joey Votto. I was thinking just like some kind of general science or like a math teacher but they just kind of oh, Martinez is the math teacher. All right. Fair. I was thinking even like in American history with Joey Votto, but he's the teacher who just gets sidetracked uh, telling stories and whatnot about whatever, and just having fun with the class and they get absolutely nothing done all year. <laughs> and yet and yet still somehow find just enough knowledge to be able to pass their exams um sounds familiar to one of our teachers <laughs> you know who i'm talking about too um the, here's the scary thing i don't we had, we, we had multiple of them <laughs> we, the... we had so many of them that that description could have worked for multiple people but um i digress to add into this another one here the fact that we haven't added Mike Trout as a science teacher is absolutely maddening. I could see him doing like a sixth grade science where you don't have to necessarily like biology doesn't really start until like late seventh, maybe or late eighth, ninth grade. So realistically, he could be a sixth and seventh grade science teacher and talk about whatever he wants. And he can 100% pick to talk about the weather the entire year. I like that. Yeah. Speaking on that note, um, another story we, we completely, I completely forgot about. Um, our boy, our boy, my brother, Tony. Tony Rendon will miss the rest of the season with a hip surgery. Um, it's a very sad day for this podcast. Uh, of course, Tony's our boy. So uh, prayers out to him. Hopefully that gets him right, gets him better. But, I mean, I've talked about on multiple occasions on this show already when I've watched the Angels that Tony Rondon just didn't look right. He didn't look like Tony. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. 
It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit blackhillsenergy.com slash sign up to learn more. Yeah, it was certainly a rough year for Tony. Uh, And I feel bad for him because I feel like he was going to start to turn it around here, or at least he did start to turn it around a little bit now that the pitchers can't use spider tack and whatnot anymore. Uh, look, 90, he goes from a 147 OPS plus to a 92 OPS plus. And that's, that's, that, that's really all you need to know. Uh, by far the worst season of his career and negative 0.1 war. Uh, but look at, he's going to get back at it next year. Him and Mike Trout going to kill it with Otani, with Jared Walsh. The Angels lineup certainly looks deep enough. And if Tony can get his act together, like we've seen him do so many times in the past, uh, that's going to be a fun lineup. But LJ, there was one, actually two other transactions I wanted to bring up. First being, uh, speaking of Tommy John surgeries, Tyler Glass now will undergo Tommy John surgery. How long ago was that that we completely forgot it? That uh, it, the news actually just broke. Uh, uh, it was Saturday. Yes. Well, he underwent the surgery today, so that is good to know. And then also, Karen, how do you do? The Oakland Athletics have signed Chris Davis. That is Chris, Chris. K Davis. Oh, ooh. LJ, your thoughts after trading him away for Elvis Andrews in the in the Rangers paying Elvis Andrews his contract, the A's then the Rangers then choose to DFA Chris Davis and now the A's sign him once again. Can we take time to appreciate that the Rangers are currently playing, uh, paying three players currently in the MLB's salary. Four. Uh, they're Four. paying Joely Rodriguez, who got, came over in the Joey Gallo trade as well. Three. So two starting players in the Yankees lineup, Joey Gallo and Rugnet Odor, probably two of our best hitters. Uh, both of their salaries are fully covered by the Rangers. Anthony Rizzo's salary is fully covered by the Cubs. And Joely Rodriguez his salary is fully covered by the Rangers as well. I mean, I can't blame them for dumping them at all costs. I mean, yeah, I mean, you think about it. Rufnit Odor doesn't really move the needle. Um, like, I mean, he, he's a good player, but it's not like he is something that they definitely had to have. You probably, you 100% choose youth over Rufnet Odor if you have the option. Uh, Elvis Andrews has been atrocious in Oakland. Chris Davis was atrocious in Oakland and in Texas. So it's just, you know, they needed to get rid of those guys. But at the same time, why did they put themselves in the situation where they had to get rid of all of these guys? Yeah, LJ, there's also um, even more than that as the – Rangers are also paying Kyle Gibson's portion of his contract, Ian Kennedy's portion of his contract as well uh, for Philadelphia. They sent a lot of money in these trades too to cover it. So, I mean, they have a payroll of $113 million now this year, which seems crazy considering their highest – guaranteed salary on their roster right now is eight million dollars so how much is how much of their payroll consists players not on their roster so they pay 11 million to the yankees oh yeah do you want to get a calculator out 11 11.7 million okay okay uh, 6.7 million to Oakland for the Elvis Andrews trade. Okay. Uh, all right. 6.5 
million they paid to Kyle Gibson. Okay. Uh, and then they sent four million dollars to Philly in that trade. Okay. Four million dollars the Rangers paid Joey Gallo. And then three and a, and then three point one million got sent to the Yankees in that trade. Okay. Okay. One point five to Joely Rodriguez. Okay. One point three to Ian Kennedy. And they still owe a million dollars for the buyout of Corey Kluber. And then did you mention Chris Davis? No. So the, well, see, I thought that they had his contract, but I don't see anything on here. I think, no, no, no. They paid Elvis Andrus's contract. They're paying Elvis Andrus's contract for Oakland. That was the whole and deal. And Oakland's paying Chris Davis's contract? No. Oh, no. The the Rangers were paying Chris Davis. They were, and then they didn't. He have a guaranteed deal. I don't think it was for that much. No. Sorry, I'm I'm a little confused. So how much how much did that add up to though? The numbers. Oh, that added up to thirty nine point eight million (laughs) dollars. Then that's just money that they're paying for guys that aren't on their team anymore. They're effectively paying. A couple, a handful of prospects, $39.8 million, and none of those guys see the money. So it's just, yeah, wait, that, that's the, that Chris Davis thing is still confusing me, but it's really irrelevant because uh, you missed the only tr- move transaction that I was thinking of. Oh, no, I just want to pick that up quick. Yeah, no. <laughs> the Dodgers for, Reasons completely unknown to me. Brandon, you need to explain this move to me. The Dodgers are bringing Cole Hamels in, who, of course, has not pitched this year, has not pitched well in the past several years. The former World Series MVP with the Philadelphia Phillies, there was a lot of talk of them potentially bringing him on, but now he's going to end up going to the Dodgers. I genuinely don't understand it. Like, this actually confuses me. I just, I'm question, I'm questioning the need. I'm questioning why they think he would be a positive addition to their roster. Um, I don't have his traditional stats here. However, I happen to remember off the top of my head that he finished the 2019 season, so the last year with like a full year of data, 11th percentile in average exit velocity and the first percentile in exit velocity in general. So basically no one got hit harder in 2019 than Cole Hamels did. Um, yeah, he had an 8-10 ERA. He only pitched three innings for the Braves last year. Uh, he was spent 18 with the Cubs, ended up with a 3-8-1 ERA. I'm just, I don't understand this. So from everything I've read, it looks like they, they're going to put him in the minors to start. Yeah, he's, gonna, he's not going to be ready for four weeks, they said. Yeah. So, however, his contract that they sign him to is a million-dollar base salary, and then he gets $200,000 for every start that he makes. In the majors? Yes. Okay. So, it, it's an interesting wrinkled there to the contract but how many starts are we really if it's four weeks that's september so realistically we're thinking he makes what maybe five starts like that's max um yeah max and again how good is Kershaw and gonsolin back and uh danny duffy yeah right they just traded for danny duffy um, here's the other piece that, again, I'm going to get out of my soapbox because I genuinely don't understand why they hate him so much. Why do they take every opportunity to give David Price the middle finger? What do you mean? He's been pitching good this year. He, he's been he's been pitching good this year. He loves coming out of the bullpen. Oh, I know, but like, I know, but still, they have done every single thing possible. 
except give him a spot in the rotation. Like uh, he started like seven games this year. He has not started seven games. I think he might have started maybe three. Some of them were openers, which I don't count as starts because he's only al- allowed to go four innings. All right, he started seven games this year. You were looking at the thing that doesn't count. Um, no, still. okay, no, but how many are openers? That that actually is a good point. Let me see here. All right, well, one of these starts, he went one and two thirds innings and threw fifty pitches. So that's that's probably a normal start. Um, two innings, he threw thirty-one pitches. That's an opener. Two and two thirds, he threw thirty-five pitches. That's an opener. No, but like LJ, the last like two weeks, he's been making starts every fifth day for yes, that. yes, yes, yes. But the, the thing is, keep in mind that they've been having these troubles for like a couple months. They've been missing guys out of this rotation for a couple months. They, they were of the best rotation in the league. They they brought up their top guy who just about every scout was saying wasn't going to be ready until next year and Josiah Gray. They brought him up before they gave David Price a spot in the rotation. Yeah, and then they ha- and and then they gave and more guys got hurt and they had to, like they, they are doing they are bending over backwards to keep him from taking a spot in the rotation, even if it's just for like three weeks. So you're t- so if we're talking a fully healthy Dodgers team here, you get Kershaw back, you get Donselin back, you get Danny Duffy back. So then you're you have a top six rotation of Scherzer, Urias, Bueller, Kershaw, Duffy, Gonsolin. And then you throw in somehow Cole Hamels into that. And then you Cole somehow are supposed to throw that. David Price. And then remember, they already had Trevor Bauer and whether or not he's coming back. And oh yeah, uh, Justin May. He's just had Tommy John surgery. And, oh, yeah, Josiah Gray, he's supposed to be coming up next year. I mean, you talk about a team that has too many starting pitchers that could potentially be there. The Dodgers in the future are going to need to figure out something here. Yes, but, again, let's focus on the interim right now. Why exactly did you have to go out and get a 30, I'm guessing 39, I don't really remember. I was looking at this. He's the answer to the question today. A 36-year-old, 37-year-old, sorry, 37-year-old Cole Hamels, who hasn't pitched at all this year, only pitched three innings, made one start for the Atlanta Braves last season, and you have to go get go out and grab this guy. Like, what – I, I don't I don't see the need. I don't I don't see how they don't have enough within to get the job done, especially when you consider that you're not expecting all of these guys to be out the, the rest of the season. I would doubt that they're all going to be out the rest of the season. Uh, if I'm correct, Danny Duffy should be very close to returning. Kershaw, it's been about a month for him. So it's just a matter of time before this team gets healthy. I don't see a spot for him to ever really get in there. But for some reason, it's always going to be ahead of David Price. Well, the Dodgers payroll now sits at $282 million. So, uh, yeah, that's cool because not a, a single team has a payroll that is $70 million less than them. So, it's a shame. All right, well, we have uh, – um, we want to talk about the schedule, I believe, to wrap things up today. Uh, yeah, we got about 15, 14 minutes, so that should be plenty of time to do that. First, do we want to take another check-in on Mookie? Yes, he uh, did not hit did a not, home run. His he did not hit a home run. That, that That is really what we care about, sadly, but – um, I'm trying to figure out what he did. Dodgers are up seven two in the top of the sixth, and so, they're looking like they're going to split that two game series. Uh, yeah, I think th- things would have to go disastrously for it to happen. Uh, this is a question for another day, but we need to figure out at some point in this week at what point we stop 
giving Cody Bellinger chances right now because things just this this isn't good. Um. Anyway, I'm, over to go ahead. To the over to the schedule for next year. The MLB has released the full slate of games from opening day all the way until October second next year. Most of the key dates have stayed the same. Uh, opening day will be March 31st. October 2nd is the ending day. Jackie Robinson Day will be once again. And they have the All-Star Day in here somewhere. Uh, July Tuesday, July 19th will be the All-Star Game at Dodger Stadium in Los Angeles. The game will mark the first time the Dodgers have hosted the All-Star Game since 1980, which means it's only a matter of time until it comes back to Fenway. Um, Anyway, Brandon, I'm going to read off the 15 opening day games for you. Tell me which ones you're most excited for. Okay. We got Astros Phillies, A's Angels, Mariners Tigers, Rangers Yankees, Cleveland Indians, Royals, White Sox Twins, Orioles Blue Jays, Red Sox Rays, Brewers D-backs, Dodgers Rockies, Padres Giants, Reds Cubs, Pirates Cardinals, Marlins Braves, and Mets Nationals. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. All right. Uh probably one of the more exciting ones is that first interleague one that you mentioned the only interleague one Astros Phillies that that seems like an exciting matchup for opening day of course Padres Giants that seems like uh would be would be quite the showdown depending on what happens uh this October uh you know there's some other great divisional matchups in there Reds Cubs Mets Nationals and uh, yeah, I mean, the, even Ace Angels uh, is always really high quality games too. So I, you know, I believe it was this year where MLB TV had its highest ratings ever through the first weekend of games. And to have good series like this lined up will absolutely help grow the MLB as opening day is probably one of the more watched sporting event days of of the year i i see your points here with an astros phillies um padres giants i'm not entirely gung-ho for and that's just because i'm not sure what we're going to see out of san francisco this offseason they've got they are a very old team i think a lot of us have pegged this year as the final year of their really one year window so we don't even know if they're going to be able to get their best pitcher and Kevin Gosman back. So I'm not hundred percent sure what we're going to be seeing there. So that makes me a little hesitant as for Astros Phillies. Um, overall that I think is going to be a good game, especially because this Phillies lineup has so much talent in it with guys like JT real Muto, Bryce Harper, a probable opening day starter, Zach Wheeler, that they're going to get a lot of high expectations and we won't be far enough into the season to see whatever they did to fix the pitching staff dramatically fail. So that I think will be an interesting game, but my pick, give me Mariners Tigers. Look, there, there are not a lot of teams you would rather watch right now other than the Detroit Tigers. I firmly believe that because This is a young, young team with a great manager in A.J. Hinch who is well overperforming what they were expected to be doing at this point in the year. This is the point in the year where they should be giving up, but they are still, win percentage-wise, one of the better teams since May 
in the American League. It's a, it's a sign that their youth is really starting to perform. So they're only going to be able to get stronger from here. That and you get a KC Mize start in year three right off the bat, I would assume. And then the Mariners are a team that people are talking about as a playoff contender within the next, the next couple of years. And they're going to have a bunch of young talent. Of course, we've got a new front office in there with the GM getting fired. Who knows? Maybe we'll see all of their prospects might even be up by then. We'll have to wait and see on that. I'm not optimistic for it, but they're still going to be a young, exciting team to watch. I would love to see the game's future on opening day. Yeah, uh, the Seattle Mariners seem like they're the only team in the NL West that is like trying to prepare for their future somewhat like, you know, not trying to spend a crap ton of money right now when you can't when or when you really shouldn't. I mean, other than Houston, who has a great farm system always and, you know, does such a good job with their major league players as well, that they're always going to be up there, right? They're always going to be the team you're chasing because they, you know, they can also spend a lot of money too. That's, that's how, that's what makes the good teams consistently good in baseball is the ones that can spend every year. Seattle is going to get to the point where all those guys are going to be in their third, fourth year, still under control, and they're going to get a chance to spend. They have a legitimate contending window coming up here very shortly, like within a few years. I mean, if Logan Gilbert can turn into a front-of-the-line pitcher, which, I mean, he pitched against the Yankees this year and absolutely shut them down in one of the starts, then Seattle really has a nice future. And then you look at the Tigers. I mean, Casey Mize, LJ and I were campaigning for this guy to make the All-Star game. We thought he was that good this year. He was the number one overall pick just in 2018. So you talk about the potential that he has, all the other young guys that they have in this pitching staff, Matt Manning, Tariq Skubal. I mean, you know, LJ, that certainly is one of the more underrated matchups of opening day. And I love that you picked that now that you look into it, because this is going to be like, that's a huge year, 2022 for both of the teams. Cause it's like, okay, at this point we should be sitting around a little under 500. So that way we know we're on the right track to be able to contend here. Um, as for some more facts with this dead or not deadline, um, geez, I'm still in that mode. Uh, with this schedule, we have the interleague play announced. The AL East will take on the NL Central. I know for a fact that includes road trips for the Red Sox to Wrigley and to PNC Park. Um, the AL Central will play the NL West. The AL West will take on the NL East. But past that, we have more head-scratching, bash your head against your keyboard anarchy from the schedule makers in the MLB with these two facts here. The Dodgers will be hosting the Giants on Thursday, July 21st, the only game on that Thursday coming out of the All-Star break. Brandon, they did it again, and none of us really understand why. Yeah, uh, thank you know, the fact that it was because of COVID this year and that game got canceled really does suck, but it doesn't at the same time. I mean, because of the circumstances, like, why would they do that? Like, can they not? Is that is that time slot really that important? LJ, I, I really don't know, especially because they were competing with the NBA finals this year. <laughs> like, yeah, that, all right. I, I'm going to give them a pass on all of that because this year is the only year that this new format will have an issue. A lot of people year, rip. What? Next year, though, it's unacceptable for them to have that game at that point. Oh, it's always unacceptable for them to have that game there because it's, it's really unnecessary and it's also unfair to the two teams that are there. It's unfair to the to them that they're going to have to have one day less. At least I'm presuming it's one day less. I'm going in to try to find their schedule directly and check that right now. But 
it's unfair that they have to have one less day of a break and it's unnecessary. So the combination of those two, but the thing that a lot of people ripped the MLB for was moving the draft to the same weekend as NHL playoffs and NBA playoffs. There was like, um, I feel like the NFL might've had something at the same time. There was like three or four things going on all-star weekend this year, which was really just bad timing because of the pandemic. But any other year, I think that's the perfect spot to have everything, except this extra game. And they do play Sunday. They they play Sunday. Come on, guys. Come on. Be better. Just just taking a look at the Yankees schedule, they they have a stretch in May where they go four games at the White Sox, four games at Baltimore with no off day in between. Then it's three games at home against the White Sox, three games at home against the Orioles with no off day. Then with no off day after that, four in Tampa Bay. Then one off day back to the Yankee Stadium to play three against the Angels. I mean, that's a crazy, crazy schedule there. They have them playing one, two, three, four, five. 20 days in a row. I mean, do teams usually that play 20 like days in a row? I mean, to have a road trip, like a huge, in, an eight game road trip in the middle of a 20 game, like stretch in a row, it seems a bit crazy, no? Hey, I mean, yes, it's crazy, but it's not even the craziest thing I've seen. I mean, the, the 2019 Red Sox had it like a nine, yeah, I believe it was nine games nine-game West Coast trip to start their season. Before they even got back to Fenway, they'd already played the Mariners, the Diamondbacks, and somebody else. Um, that, that still angers me. But I have another question here, um, just to nitpick the schedule more, I know. But I love it. The Fridays off still drive me crazy because apparently these Thursday – these Thursday time slots are gold mines. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why Thursday is such a great day, but it really, really bugs me because Friday is normal uh, under all other forms of logic, the more valuable day. And they're sitting out. A bunch of teams end up sitting out on Fridays, which never used to happen. Don't know why it happens now, but it makes no sense where it's placed here because the Red Sox get off a homestand to start the year. They get two games against or three games against the Rays, three games against the Orioles at Fenway. And then on Thursday, April 7th, they go to the Bronx for the Yankees home opener, which of course, honestly, that's probably one of the more exciting games of the year that I've poked it poked out so far, certainly may that and, um, Patriots Day against the Twins should be a fun one, just having a pretty easy team that day. But, yeah, Yankees home opener on the 7th, off day the 8th, and the rest of the series the 9th and the 10th. Why are we traveling on a back-to-back just to sit the next day? I mean, if it helps you, the Yankees start their season – Four in Texas, four or three in Houston. Then we come back to play one against the Red Sox. It why would it would make sense to put the off day Thursday, right? Yes, it does. That's what that's what I'm trying to say. Is why isn't the off day Thursday, especially if both teams are traveling? But if one team is traveling and you have the Friday slot open, I can't imagine Yankee Stadium is Yankee Stadium. Not only do I don't not only do I not think that they do that many other events there they have to schedule around but the new york yankees take precedence at yankee stadium so we're everything yes um so yeah it just it, it boggles my mind that, that that's open but that's that's a really that's me kind of nitpicking what isn't me nitpicking is that the dodgers and the padres will play nine times during the month of september so you're telling me that for some reason, probably for the sake of drama, you decided to uh, mess with the schedule so that the two best teams in the division, possibly at that point, the two best teams in the league, 
end up having to play a third of their games in a month against each other. I mean, it's going to make, it's going to make for great entertainment, but it seems morally questionable for them to kind of, it, it feels manipulated. Someone needs to explain to me why the MLB has an absolute hard on for scheduling like series, like you play a series against a team, then you go play another series, and then you go play against that same team you played in the first series. Like they what have, you mean what the Red Sox are doing at the end of April against the Blue Jays? You mean what the Yankees are doing about five or six times during the 2022 season? I mean, this is crazy. They do it. What, what is the point of scheduling like that? Who wants to see the same teams for two weeks in a row? I feel like the schedule never used to be this bad. Or we just no. didn't like care enough to look into it like this. No, I, 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 can, I can contend that this year, 2019, 2022, have been just really, really bad schedules. I don't even think they played this year right in terms of COVID. This may be just me, but would it not make sense for them to have done a COVID schedule this year just in case? I mean, we're looking at it now. I certainly don't think anything should be closed down. That's another completely irrelevant topic. In the event that the league had to tighten up because of COVID mid-year, as Delta variants started coming out, which we kind of had an understanding might be a possible thing this winter, early spring, wouldn't it have made sense to do the vast majority of your cross-country travel in April and May so that you could get more localized travel, maybe your division games, some of your um, cross-league, but same side of the country games, you can get some of those closer games done late in the year in case you have to shut down a lot of the travel co- component. That would have made a lot of sense this year. But of course, and not only are they not forward thinking that they can't even do a simple normal schedule right. No, they can't. But uh, I think that that is about all I have for today's show. LJ, you have uh, anything else? One more note, of course. Uh, to end on a positive note, of course, the final day of the season will be October 2nd. So all 30 teams will be playing and 12 of those 15 will be division rivals, which means we should be fingers crossed set up for some really entertaining high drama action in the last day. Should be a lot of fun. Well, uh, Thank you all for listening once again to the MLB Daily Podcast. We really do appreciate the support. Go follow us on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, at MLB Daily Pod, and play our trivia game on our Twitter. Uh, That's also, of course, at MLB Daily Pod. All right, thank you all for listening, and we will be back tomorrow. See you manana.